Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Chad Lane. Chad is a chief strategist for worry-free marketing, family man, nonprofit director, lover of animals, sci-fi, and fast cars. Hello, Chad. Hi, Mish. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I don't even know where to start with you because I know you do so much. Okay. Can we talk though first about, let's talk about worry-free marketing because that's where I first met you. And I am happy and honored to say that I get to be one of your strategic partners. So yay us. Um, But just talk about worry-free and all that you guys do. Sure. Uh, Worry-free marketing was started, I guess it's about eight years ago now. Um, I was in the nonprofit field and I was working with Matt Duryan, my now business partner, kind of helping him figure out his path forward with this company. And and we were bouncing back and forth on names and, and you know, what's an appropriate name for a marketing company? And and the worry-free marketing kind of plopped out. Which is so perfect. Thank you. Because everybody worries about it. Well, that's right. I mean, and that's really kind of the, what we were attempting to do with it is to communicate, look, you're a business owner, you know, the dentist, the the doctor, you know, whatever, the construction guy, they have a lot of training in their own fields and they can make a heck of a lot of money if they're just doing that. However... Okay, marketing is a different animal. Right, totally. So that that was really the genesis for the name. Um, at the time, I was uh, working on blogging for other people. Um, I'd gone back to college just to experience some personal growth and um, had a lot of fun doing writing. And it was always this ambition in the back of my mind, I'm going to write you know, a novel, science fiction, you know, whatever. Ooh. Yeah, but <laughs> it's a that's lot of work. Really low paid for a lot of work, <laughs> right? Um, and and also, will I ever get paid? It's right. like you do a whole bunch of work. You're like, gee, I hope people buy this. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, and so it was like this major sh- uh, paradigm shift to realize that you know people, business owners specifically, need people who can write English good. Yes, and so that's yes. that was the genesis for the company. Well, and. Google is very well read. Google is the most avid reader on the planet right now. Yes, and you they need are. writing for everything. That's right. Right. So if somebody is is a starving writer, I'm going to be very concerned about them. Yeah, there's no reason for that. Because <laughs> there's a lot of work out there for you. <laughs> it's just a little shift. Start writing for other people. Exactly. Yeah. In small, tiny little pieces. Right. Blogs and tweets and such. Well, you know, to me, it's kind of like we are undergoing a shift in society right now where... It's very similar to uh, the time period when the Gutenberg Press was invented. Um, We now have access as individuals to fields and areas of knowledge that that we never had before. Anybody can write. Anybody can do these things. And so it's just reaching. It's amazing, though, isn't it? I Mm -hmm. mean, think about... I mean, so... I am old enough to remember when you you actually had to go to the library and know the Dewey Des- Decimal System right. and go and I, find yeah, a little library card with the yeah. little <laughs> and like <laughs> then photocopy like eight thousand pages out of the yeah. reference book you needed to right. do whatever you were doing in college at the time. Microphones. And it was, I mean, and now it's like, oh, Google it. Well, 
Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. I mean, you got to be careful where you get your information from now. Uh, well, and of course, my you know my seven year old is, is, Dad, you're as smart as Google. It's like, oh, that's Ooh. the ultimate compliment Ooh. these days. You know, it's I like, am so Google. <laughs> right. I love it. But but do you find? I mean, you know, I I as a social media person and I mean I'm looking at social media all the time. I am still amazed at how many people haven't gotten that go Google it thing in their head. The number one question we get in the inboxes of from our clients' Facebook pages is where are you located? And I think Google's just wow. beyond you. Just kind of your or the about section maybe of the facebook page not no okay you know <laughs> well and, th and this i think speaks to why uh, people of um our age serve a real purpose in the marketing world right now because we are the translators can i just first say thanks for thinking i'm the same age as you okay go ahead Started out as a salesperson. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Yeah, we're like totally. So, we're born at the same time. I mean, ish, right? I mean, ish. you know, when when I was in high school, you know, I was on the school newspaper, and you know, back in the good old days when we walked uphill both ways, we, you know, we laid out a paper. Yes. Right with the little strips, and you cut them off with the exacto knife and all that. Right. Right. It's sort of and, dangerous. Well, there, there's so many people that haven't made that shift yet. Like you said, you know, do they know just to automatically Google it? And yet their market has grown up in a world where, you know, like my daughter's uh, nearly an adult now. And, and you know, one time we had a conversation, you know, me and mommy met before there was Facebook. <laughs> and this it's, blew her mind. It's doable. You right. can actually meet people without social media. Right. So you're So you're at this point where there are... Plenty of business owners uh, and people out in the world that don't quite understand how the modern uh, uh, platforms work. True. But who need them desperately. Right. And that needs to be translated to the younger generation so, so they can make that connection. Yeah, that's so. so true. You're right. I mean, it is true because we you've seen it and I've seen it on social media where two people start having a conversation comment and it's, it has nothing to do with the post mm -hmm. it's like oh look you know what i mean <laughs> right. like i love when people do it. like someone's like oh this is just such a cute picture of a dog you know and they tag their friend and then their friend's like oh my god that is cute are you coming over for dinner saturday night right. yeah i'll be there what time and you're like oh wait guys no wait that was not the conversation to have in this post right and it's but it's so funny right it's <laughs> it's really entertaining um and so you know this is I just think this is something that we bring to the table. Yeah, it's yeah. true. And I think it's it's one of the reasons why when I first started, I thought I would go to these social media things and think there's me and all the youngins. You know, mm -hmm. it was like me and all the millennials mm -hmm. were, you know, and I'm, I'm like, what am I, do, do I belong here? But what I figured out was that most of the clients that I was attracting were older people that had, were used to traditional marketing mm -hmm. and were just like, what the hell is the social media stuff? And it was nice to have someone their age going, mm. let me translate for you. Let right. me tell you what this is all about, why it's important, why you need to do it, and what the heck it all means, you know? Totally. So I dealt with a lot of frustrating, but a lot of people were very frustrated, but I could help them get over that frustration and see the awesomeness of it. So, right. yeah. Yeah. Yay us. 
High five it. Yay. Woo! Okay. <laughs> so you are one of the most well-read people I know. Thank you. How many books do you think you've read over your lifetime? I mean, any idea? Do you have a huge library at home? No, because I give them away. Like if, if, oh, if, that's uh, good, though. Book, yeah. Moving time will be easier for you. Well, gosh, I'm not moving ever again. No, ever? No, You're done. I'm you done. found you, well, you do have like your own heavenly place. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The No, but so I don't have a lot in my library per se, um, but I, I don't know. I try to read a book a week, a book Whoa, every couple of weeks. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Like in a real book. Book like books. book book. Yeah. I, you know, I find that, you know, you know that internet users, they scan text, right? Right. Okay. I find I do the same thing if I'm on a Kindle. I, oh, I've gotcha. tried Kindles repeatedly, and then I'm just like, boom, 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 right. boom. And that makes what am sense. I out of it? So, so yeah, but there is something about a book, too. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm all digital, really, but sometimes I need the actual book. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually just bought a cookbook, which I know it's crazy. I don't a juicing book because I I was tired of trying to look for. I wanted it all in one place. Well, yeah, that's a frustrating experience to yeah. be searching and, yeah. and it's like, flip through. This that. is all right here for right. $9.95. <laughs> yeah, do it. I'm getting this. All day long. <laughs> I love it. Do you have a favorite book you're reading right now? Right. Or I, recently? I just finished The Secret Life of Trees. Ooh. Which is I it has nothing to do with anything that we're talking about, but it's a great book. It's amazing. What's it about? Um, it, it's this German forester. And he's talking about, you know, the scientific research behind do trees communicate, for instance? Um, what are the symbiotic relationships between trees and the other things in the forest, like the, you know, the fungi, the fungi, right. fungi, 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 fungi. Yeah. I don't know. Those Mushrooms. are all connected. They're all connected, right. right? It's a huge network. Yeah, it's tremendous. And, and you s- start to find out things like, you know, the trees will actually, of the same species, they'll... Uh, communicate to each other uh, through very rudimentary means. But if one of them gets ill, the others will help and feed it through this network. It's fascinating. Oh, my gosh. How cool is that? I love it. All right, we are going to take a break. When we come back, I have a tree story for you. We'll be right back with Chad Lane. We're back with Chad Lane, and I promised you my tree story. I truly do believe. Okay, so I had this tree and the where I used to live. This tree used to get into my plumbing all the time, and I kept having to call Roto-Rooter out, and Roto-Rooter kept doing their thing. And at one point, the, the man said to me, you know, you're going to have to cut down this tree at some point because it's just going to keep messing with the pipes, and, you know, and it's going to cost you billions of dollars. And I was like, oh, geez. And I didn't want to cut the tree down. So I started talking to it. And I would just say, look, I love you. And I don't want to cut you down. Quit messing with the pipes. Like, don't go near the pipes, right? And this is after I had lived in this house a few years and called out Roto-Rooter at least once or twice a year. And after I start talking to the tree, it stopped. I never had to call Roto-Rooter again, and I never had to cut down that tree. Don't tell Roto-Rooter about this. No, I'm sorry, Roto-Rooter, but, yeah, well. They don't, they don't want that's They probably don't. Well, they could like hire somebody like me to go talk to trees. But, you know, it's <laughs> let's think outside the box, people. But you know what I'm saying? Right. That was I thought it was really interesting. And then 
recently, the new house I live in, when they put the sod in, it was a hot mess of, I don't know, it grew amazingly large weeds, like no grass ever came up. And I was like, what the heck? And this new name, and they're like, well, that's not under warranty and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I know, but the people that put it in, maybe aren't you upset that they gave you crappy product? But you know, no, we don't want to deal with you, lady. So I started just talking to the grass. I'm like, please, grass, please come up. Please just do something. I have the most horrible yard. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to buy a bunch of more sod. Please just do something. And this year, it all has magically been working. Well, good for you. <laughs> you. You know, but can you imagine being a business owner like that and being like, "Yeah, no, we're we're okay, yeah, we're good." No, I it, <laughs> it was amazing to me because you and I both know, and our companies are of high integrity. We would never just we wouldn't be like, "Oh, sorry, that didn't." I, don't know what to tell you. Good luck. It wasn't in the little service agreement you signed or whatever. We go to the ends of the earth for our clients, unless they're crazy. At some point we go, I'm sorry, you're crazy. We can't work with you. But most of our clients are not crazy and awesome people. And and so let's talk to that because it's we have noticed so many interesting things about this digital age. Mm -hmm. This we could do a podcast for 27 hours on it, but what's top of mind? You know, to me, it's it's funny. Um Every few years, of course, you know, there is a new method that comes out, you right. know, or a platform that comes out. And and so you'll find, you know, business owners will get confused by this. Why? Because they're getting pitched hard on like, okay, now we're gonna do this now. Right. This, this is the way to do it now. Right. And and it's like what's needed is actually someone that kind of understands the depth of uh, and and the source for a lot of marketing and promotion that we do for businesses, right? right? It's a hundred years old. I, that's the thing. It's like it doesn't matter whether it's Snapchat or Instagram or or uh, TikTok or you know whatever, right. whatever it is. It doesn't matter. the The basic fu core fundamentals of good marketing were developed, you know, in the 1920s, and they actually still apply. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. It's Absolutely. sensible. So there's a thing about being a sensible marketer, not just running after every single trend, mm -hmm. you know, and the trends happen so quickly now. It's, it, you, I feel like if you're trying to constantly be on trend, you could drive people crazy. Yeah, that's right. You know, and yeah, that's right. You know, you look at one of the first things that we do, and you, and you I believe, do the same thing is, is when we are looking at a new client kind of take a, a holistic look at, okay, what's worked in the past? Okay, postcards yeah. work? Okay, great. Right. You postcards should keep work. doing them. Do them, right. please. Yeah. Um, but, and then it's so funny to watch how sometimes because there's that next shiny object, people shift off to something that's completely successful. Yes. And that's- Yeah, or, and they don't, or they don't give it a chance to take hold. Right. And that's one of the things, you know, it's, it's you know, I, I think sometimes there's this element of where certain people think, you you just want me to be a client for at least three to six months, and that's why you're telling me it's going to take this long. Right. You know? Yeah, no, actually, like, we're in no, the it's a, No, you have no idea. Like, if, if I like, maybe I should have put a camera on us and show what we're doing every right. single day to try to tweak and play with and show what's going <laughs> on. And, you know, calluses and, you on know, the fingers. Right. right? right? You yeah. know, when in reality, I'm like, no, there's so much going on mm -hmm. to make this work, mm -hmm. you know, and then and then they also think, well, if you work for another company like mine, it must work for me too. I'm like, 
not maybe we've learned some uh, like a few interesting tricks, hints, things that we got to do because you are in that industry. But in reality, they're all separate, different, unique companies in many ways. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what do we? What do you have now that we can work with? What do we need to make better? Mm-hmm. But there is no fast track unless you have millions of dollars that we can put everywhere. But most companies don't have that. Well, and then if they dump them on the wrong thing, it doesn't matter anyway. Exactly. It's like you have to test, test, research, test, test, research. Yeah. You know, that reminds me of something. um, Do you remember when Payless, it went viral for a bit, and they did that whole— The upper—when they were like, they called it— some, I can't remember what they called it. Uh, yeah, uh, Paley or, or whatever, right? And they and were so selling their tennis shoes for like $500 a pair. And people were coming in and snapping yeah, them up. Right. You know, and shortly thereafter, they're bankrupt and shutting down all yes. their stores. And yes. it's like that, and that's an example of this, like, okay, just pour money at it, right? And then it's like, well, they didn't leverage that. They didn't use that in any way, shape, or form. What, what is that? Instead, they use it to make their prospects wrong. Right. It's like, ho, ho, we tricked you into buying a cheap shoe. Aren't we funny? Burp, 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 yeah. Oh, you're we bankrupt made you, now, really? We made you look like a fool. Super funny. I thought that too. When I saw it, I was thinking, that just doesn't seem nice. I mean, I would be really upset. I, I wouldn't spend $500 on a pair of shoes either. But the thing is, is that even if I did have that $500 and, and felt like I need to, if I found out later, I would be like, not cool. Yeah, but you know that could have so easily been turned into something that that okay, good, you you latch onto that virality, good, you've got it, good. Well, okay, what's next? Let's you know, take let's take this to another place rather than right. just that makes your people happy up. and yeah. feel fun. Yeah. Right, exactly. No, it's true. It's well, Radio Shack, they put a lot of money into fun commercials they were showing on the Super Bowl as their last go. Right, and the eighties called and. Whatever. But they didn't change anything other than we just put out commercials. Mm-hmm. So they went under. Right. You know? Right. And it's holistic. Marketing is holistic. Right. I love when people want that one thing. What's the one thing I need to do? Right. And I'm like, I have a list, actually. Right. Yeah. <laughs> believe me, we can find that one thing. It's like, <laughs> this would be easy. And then everybody would be doing it. You know right. what I mean? But marketing is such a weird thing. I mean, it is, right? It's, it's like this testing. weird animal because it's, it's so hard to explain to people that just don't get it. Mm-hmm. And you can tell the people that are super frustrated with it. And we've all seen the people that just jump, right? right. Every two months, they've gone to another company. Mm-hmm. And then they come to you and they say, well, nothing ever works. And then when you find out, I'm like, so did you ever think that those are actually really good companies you were working with? I know them. And maybe you jumped too soon. You were expecting too much. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's a tough one. Yeah, well, and yet we still do it. And, we, I, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, it's it's like, <clears throat> you know, the internet allows for pretty much instantaneous testing. You know, and the yes. ads and all that stuff. You know, twenty years ago, it's like the expectancy was okay. You send out a brochure, you're going to split test it. Okay, it's going to take six months for feedback. Right. And so it's like, right. okay, the idea that it takes three months of like constant testing of, of AdWords to make it work. Exactly. It's like, oh, that's too long. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to postcards. I had I had someone ask me the other day, they said, well, do you ever like get together people to do like a marketing panel where you test messages? And I was like, yeah, that you do that online. Yeah. That's where you do it. You don't need to get people together in a room now. You do it all online. Yeah. The people will tell you what resonates and what doesn't. 
Right. That's that's the whole deal. And you can do it with a much bigger crowd and no one has to leave their home. And that's one of the most freeing things for me. It's like you, you, the pressure's a bit off. Like, yeah, okay, good. I'll come up with the initial idea. Well, is it going to work? Oh, I don't know. We'll test it. <laughs> You know, we <laughs> like, and we really we will continue to work. We it. don't know. We have yeah. to test and test and learn. It's right. it's and it, yeah. And so I wish that we had magical things that we could just do for people and let like let you know what's my ROI in two months. You know, right. and you know, it's, I really do not know. I don't know. What I do know is enough about marketing to be truthful with you and say. I don't know. We have to test and learn. Right. So that's the fun part of it, though. I, it I, is fun. I, I it's what makes it. it interesting. You got the creativity on the one side, mm-hmm. right? Which kind of satisfies that artistic, you know, I'm going to write the great American novel. Right. But then you've got just the sheer analytics, the scientific the, kind of brain that needs to come into play. Yeah. I mean, that's the interesting thing about working in digital marketing is you need creative plus scientific. Mm-hmm. Like we all hold hands together, those different minds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I always say, my mantra is fire, ready, aim. You know, I'm like that creative, just go, let's see what happens. Oh, right. geez, we got to ready, aim this thing, right? Whereas you have the the scientific people, the that sort of analytical people that are like, their mantra is ready, ready, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And I, it's, and they're just because they're always testing mm-hmm. and figuring out, and it's, it's a never ending thing. There's no fire because it's you can constantly tweak. Right. You know, we should work together. We kind of do. <laughs> Maybe we should work together more. Totally. Maybe we should start hanging out at your cool place with all the animals Come and the over. new corgi. Yeah. What's the new corgi's name? Max. Max. Yeah. Max the corgi. He's quickly become the boss. They do. The mm. new one always is the boss. Mm. The newest member of our household is a little cat, and she rules the world. Mm-hmm. And she can do a lot with the way she looks at you. Oh, it's yeah. kind of scary. The cats can, yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with Chad and question time. Okay, we are back with Chad Lane. It's question time. Are you ready? Okay. All I, easy. Okay, good. You're good. No no craziness here. All right. What is the best Christmas gift you ever received? That's an easy one. Um, when I was eight years old, um, apparently I was having nightmares regarding um, a boogeyman that was coming to get me, of course. you know, Right. I guess that's, that's what, what a nightmare that's is, what right? That's what boogeymen do. So my mom, in an effort to kind of uh, get me through that moment, uh, asked me to draw the boogeyman. So I did. Ooh. And, you know, it was, it was an eight-year-old's drawing of a green guy with googly eyes and, and this sort of thing. <laughs> and so then uh, Christmas Eve, my mother bought, um, you know, all of the, the fur and stuff for it. And then she stayed up until about uh, three or four o'clock in the morning. Which is about the time we got up, you know. Well, yeah, right. right? When you're little, it's like, yeah. Santa came. <laughs> right. And she created this boogeyman in real life that was as tall as I was at the time. How cool is that? Yeah. And that thing was, I, I mean, I had it on my bed for an embarrassingly long period of time. I mean, it's... But, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Cool, Mom. Yeah, oh, very cool. I, really thinking outside the box on that one. Yeah, she's a very creative person. She's like the reinvented herself several different times. You know, she's a 
she worked, you know, as a secretary, and then she went uh, into pharmacy technology, retired from that, and then decided she was going to learn how to play the accordion, and now she does 300 gigs a year playing accordion. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Is she involved with it here? Or wait, is, she, she, is she in St. Louis? She's in Peoria. Peoria. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. There's like an accordion society or something here. Yeah, she's the president. Oh, in St. Louis, in there is one that, uh, that so my my cousin Richard is married to a woman, Esty, and she's a big time accordion player. She even knew a punk accordion band, which I was like, really? That That's interesting. Rad. Yeah. I want to go see the punk accordion band play. Yeah. I just like the whole idea of it. Right. <laughs> that is so cool. I love that question came from your sister. She told me to ask you that. I said, okay. What should I ask Chad? And okay. she told me to thank you, Emily Lane, out there listening, I'm sure. Okay. Um, you like fast cars? Yes. Do you have a dream car <sighs> that you want to get someday or I was just talking with my wife about this and, and it's just kind of for fun i would like to get like a 1972 corvette 72 74 somewhere in there because you know when you're a kid uh, and you re you first realize what cars are and you start drawing them right that's always what i was drawing was was like about that age of a corvette right but i mean you know it's funny the technology on cars is so far advanced now you know, any modern car would blow it away. Well, but true, but it would be it'd be fun to drive, right? <laughs> and there's a whole thing with the old cars, and you can actually fix them. I think you don't have to take them in and hook them up to computers and do wacky stuff. That's very true. My my wife just bought a 1966 Ford F250 bright teal. Ooh, ooh, that's cool. Yeah, she's called. She's named it already. Its name is Roslyn. Roslyn. Yeah. I like it. And it sounds like a Roslyn would, you know, like it fits. Yeah. The name fits. Yeah. Teal is a good color. It's it's pretty cute. Yeah. She loves it. <laughs> My daughter and I have like we went crazy with teal colored appliances. And when we got done and we looked at our kitchen, I was like, um, we kind of made a Barbie kitchen. That's you're, what it looks like. <laughs> you're gonna dig our kitchen. You have a teal kitchen? Teal salmon. And yellow. Oh my gosh, how fun. Yeah. I'm digging the color scheme. Thanks. I have to come over. Yeah. One of the reasons why I have to come over actually takes me to my next question for you. Yep. Because you're an animal lover. Mm -hmm. We know about Max the Corgi. Yep. What other animals live at your place? Right now, uh, we have Max, Bella, the uh, chocolate lab. And then Pugs is the old guy. He's okay. A, he's a Shih Tzu. Oh. He's about 13 or 14 at this yeah. point. Yeah. We have about three cats. And then there's a fox that visits, but it's not really our fox. Right. But that's cool. Yeah. I love foxes. Mm -hmm. Are, do the cats live in or out? Uh, one of them likes to go outside a little bit and then come back in. Gotcha. Uh, the other one's indoor. Uh, and then I got 25 goldfish in a pond. Oh. Yeah. All right, you were going to say something. That's what about... I, I forgot about the fish. <laughs> oh, the fish. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. All right, 25 gold. They, you didn't name them. No. You didn't want to <laughs> no. rattle off the 25 names. <laughs> a goldfish life is difficult <laughs> and short. It's hard to tell them apart, too. You're right. Okay. Oh, oh my gosh. Bob I love the raccoon it. got in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So they're outside? Yeah. Are they like the big kind? Well, I mean, if they live that long. <laughs> 
depends. They, they, now, is this one of the things I find this fascinating that you can keep them out there even in the winter? Like yeah. they kind of go way under and stay warm and they don't freeze. Yeah, I mean, there's no telling how they actually feel about it, but they do survive. The <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay, remember when that study came out, though, and they were like, goldfish have an attention span of only whatever. I'm like, how How do we know? We don't. I mean, it wasn't like we're like, look at the picture. Look, he's, okay, attention span gone. Yeah. Write that down in our scientific data. <laughs> it's hopeful thinking because we're so mean to them. <laughs> Poor goldfish. Yeah. They're just not loved like they should be. Oh, it's hard. So no farm animals or... <sighs> Uh, you know, cows, no, sheep, um, alpacas. There, there's an ongoing discussion regarding chickens. Mm. But with the fox and the uh, True. all that stuff. That they don't get along well, I've heard. Tragically short yeah, as well. Yeah, it would yeah. be sad. Mm-hmm. It would be traumatic for the children, yeah, I would so imagine. So that's not, I mean, I don't have that many animals. No, but you're an animal lover. Yeah. So when you say you're an animal lover, is that like go to the zoo a lot, watch nature programs, or just... It's an area of interest to me, you know, that not just you know domesticated animals, but but I guess that extends beyond animals into the pollinators and the butterflies and you know all of this sort of thing. Um, I think it's an important area. I think yeah. we have some responsibility for maintaining some semblance of balance, and um, so it's a, an area that I look into a lot and try to do what I can. Like I, the reason I'm stuffy is because I, I planted 2,000 square feet of butterfly garden. Oh my gosh, it's so cool! And unbeknownst to me, I, one of the flowers that I planted is extremely allergenic. Oh, so. but the butterflies like <laughs> the it. Butterflies They'll be love very it. pleased with the whole. Thing. Do you then you, you'll probably attract a whole bunch of different colorful butterflies? It's be amazing. Awesome. It's like you go out there and. There's all this activity and rustling, and you can hear all the bugs inside of the thing. And oh, it's just, cool. It's really neat. So have you—I just watched Years and Years on HBO, yep. which is a very interesting tale. It's kind of a little bit into the future, rather scary. Um, but uh, there, there's a part in there where— the grandmother, you know, who's watched all these things happen over the years, is talking about, yeah, I remember a time when there was butterflies. You did just aren't any butterflies anymore. And I thought, that is kind of scary because I remember thinking that about frogs. Mm-hmm. Like when I was a kid, frogs were everywhere. In the summertime, they were just hopping all over the place, you know? Right. Rarely do, when I see frogs now, I'm so happy. Right. I'm like, oh, hello, how you doing, bud? You know, good to see you. Welcome. What do you want? You know, right. I think it, it. So there is like this worrisome thing of why did there used to be a lot of this and now there isn't that. Right. You know. Yeah. And yet there's a lot of people, and we just keep crowding them out. Yeah, we definitely have an impact on the environment. There's things we need to do. I saw another thing, and I think it was in Sweden. I want to say where they started putting. Um, grass and the kind of flowers that attract bees on top of bus stops. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Now, that's a cool idea, yeah. right? I mean, that's an awesome use of space. So it's really us think, thinking about, okay, if we're crowding out animals, how can we also then create space for them in our environments? Right. Which would be an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. Totally. I love it, Chad. What else? Is there anything else we should know about? Right now, where we can, where can we find out about Chad Lane? Um, I do have a website, uh, chadtlane.com, um, and then worryfreemarketing.com. We have a website there. Um, 
And then hopefully within the next six weeks or so, I'll have a, a new book that I've completed. And this will be on uh, nonprofit uh, digital marketing. Which combination. is a huge deal. Right. Because not-for-profits, it's a difficult thing. Right. To do the marketing and to get sponsorship, which you're also very good at fundraising. That's right. Yeah. So that's kind of a, how I grew up, was as a fundraiser. So uh, I'm kind of translating, because there's a, a large body of material out there on how to fundraise. You know, Gerald Panis is one of the best, wrote a lot of books on the topic, you know, how to manage a nonprofit, et cetera. But I haven't seen a lot of, you know, bringing that into the 21st century and how can you use a website, Google Grants, this sort of thing to create something that actually builds your donor base, that sort of thing. So that's, that's awesome. That's what, it's about. what a great book. Do you have a title yet? No. Still thinking on the Still title? Still thinking. Oh, let's let's do let's do a brainstorming session on it. That'd be fun. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, thank you, Chad. All right. I totally appreciate you being here today. It was my pleasure. And for everybody out there listening, please subscribe, and we will catch you next time. Have happy days. Love you. 